Yeah, see, there's no, whatever blue line you, yes, you did is not, not there anymore. Yes, I'm not going to touch anything. Sit on your hands. Was. 109 episodes in, we're still messing up. We should turn our, our video off anyway for Jenny. Yes, please. Rip. My computer doesn't like it. Bye. Okay. <coughs> COVID. How are you doing? <laughs> Delicious. How are you guys doing? We are great. We're doing so fine. episode 109 this is assassin's fate chapters 33 through 36 where the shit gets real i'm rachel and i'm a rereader i'm oh wait i didn't say well no you didn't well keep radio <laughs> no i have covid oh you know last week you used an excuse now you got another one this week like you gotta pull it together i i really do welcome to fuck keep radio we're coming to you from inside the walls go that was perfect. We're going to keep that. <laughs> who's, who's next? Alyssa, you're next. <laughs> I'm Alyssa, and I'm next. <laughs> I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I'm also a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. All right, corrections, omissions, announcements, announcements. I'm sorry, the last episode was super late. I got COVID. Joey got COVID. We currently have COVID. If COVID is transmissible through audio waves, now you have COVID. Mm. You're welcome. Everybody just felt a little bit grosser, even though we know it's not true. Like, we can't, but it still felt gross. It's not so bad. Says Joey. I mean... (laughs) Rachel's like, eh. I had four shots, and all that really taught me was that if I had not had four shots, I would have died. Um, so thank you, vaccines. Um, and then, anything else? Any other announcements? Anyone else have COVID? No. No. Right. Just depression, Just anxiety. <laughs> Just the knee pain. Just, yeah. Knee pain. Right, right. You know, I love it. I love us. Um, all right, let's move on to mail. We've got three bits of mail. I know how to use my phone here. No, that's not it. That's not the right one. That's not the right account. Here we go. Okay, first up is from Nicola. 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 <laughs> Nicola. Nicola. I don't know where your emphasis on the syllable, but I hope one of those was correct. Um Hello from the Scottish Highlands. Oh, everyone say it in a Scottish accent. Uh-oh. Nicola. Nicola. <laughs> I Nicola. think it's the same. I think it's just Nicola. <laughs> okay. With a scotch in your hand. Uh, <laughs> hi to all. I have been meaning to mail for over a year. Procrastination is both my friend and my enemy, but it's just hit me how close we are to the end. So better late than never. First, I want to thank you all for creating this podcast. I discovered you at the beginning of the first lockdown and listening to you kept me sane while stuck at home with my two young boys while my husband worked through the lockdown. 
my headphones became a permanent fixture as you were with me through the uncertainties of COVID, teaching myself to sew, finishing my engineering degree while stuck at home. Wow, very, that was a lot. I didn't do any of those things. Finishing my, uh, and now nearing the end of my first year of work. My favorite time in the week is my commute to work as I can listen to you all discuss wrote in peace with a travel mug of coffee. Uh, Nicola goes on to say that they have tried to share these books with friends, um, but many just despite my best efforts, have been unable to progress past the first because they find fits either unrealistic or too realistic <laughs> as a fantasy lead character <laughs> differs from person to person. <laughs> Inside you, there are two wolves. Uh, the only person I know who loves them as much as I do is my mom, but her head is more firmly based in the disc world. The disc world is like definitely not Roland. That's a, that's a happier place. I, yeah. Yes, technically. Uh, listening to you discuss Rote with the differing opinions you've all offered and insights to things I hadn't picked up on has been an absolute delight. I'm dreading the end of the series. Please do a few episodes to tie it off after you finish with the books if you have the time or inclination. Discussing the themes that have been mentioned, how you think it would differ if it were written now instead of the 90s or anything else Rote related, please, I'm not ready for it to be over. Also, thanks, Ashley, for making me cry while driving home a few episodes ago. Um, my read through Shades Death hadn't hit me very hard, I think, because I was expecting it. But listening to you talk about our dear, sweet, methy friend, <laughs> it finally did. Uh, I've made a mental list of things I wanted to say when I finally got in touch, but now it's gone. Hopefully I will remember before you finish recording. I'll be in line for Roteland on opening day. Thank you all. P.S. I pronounce it Umbrella. Umbrella. Um, umber. She did. Umbrella. 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 Can you pass me the Umbrella? <laughs> All I have to say to that is that's incorrect. It's <laughs> umbrella, but not a bumper shoot. Uh, who's next? Up next. Oh, we got another email from Shiki who says, "I'm not ready for this podcast to end. You have been my friend since finishing Tawny Man last year when I was desperately googling stuff about Rote. Um, I just wanted to say that I'll never forgive Prill Cop." For convincing the beloved <laughs> to leave Fitz in Fool's Fate. Beloved Correct. was at his most vulnerable, having recently lost his powers and trusted fucking Prilcop, <laughs> a prophet out of his time, yet he exercised his influence to get Beloved away from Fitz, who then had the room in his life to go to fucking Molly. Nope, never gonna forgive him. <laughs> I'm never gonna forgive him for telling a 10 year old to choose death. <laughs> <laughs> There are some uh. some strikes against Pearl Cop. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to include that, Ashley. I have to defend myself here. P.S. I and this now I feel I feel like I'm being manipulated here. But P.S. I hope you do other book podcasts after this. I would love to hear some C.J. Cherry more games, <laughs> portrait series, or whatever you decide to do. Um, everyone should read C.J. Cherry. It's true. I'd be down for a foreigner pod. Yeah, I mean that's it's twenty two books and counting. I mean, honestly, I'm really impressed it. with. But we finished sixteen books in two. Th it'll be three years three almost. Years? Yeah, but three, CJ's still going. Two years, eleven months. CJ's still going, but also those books are like one hundred and eighty pages a piece. Oh, that's that like long. a novella. That's not even like a real size. Yeah, book. each one of them is like a three day period. Interesting. It's like Tea 24, but aliens. You don't have to read it. I just summarized the whole thing. <laughs> Tea Party in Space. That's it. 
I mean, there are tea parties and some of them are in space. <laughs> uh, and then our third and final email is from Jean. Jean, it says, I love you guys. I'm a listener from Sydney here. First off, first of all, I am highly delighted because I have caught up to you. I only recently started listening and I have raced through as fast as I could so that I can finish listening to you in real time. I enjoy your discussion so much, especially the ones that go completely off track. Please never think that's Are we a the podcast for you? Thanks. Yeah, right? Rachel. The spoiler section that was entirely discussing The Pirate, which is a brilliant movie, was my favorite. Oh. <laughs> Rachel, was it you who said she loved Leslie Caron? Yes. If so, please tell me you've seen Lily. Of course I've seen Lily. I think it's my favorite of hers, and I love the source book, Love of Seven Dolls, as well. Every time I have thought about writing in, I have had a different feeling about which of you I love listening to the most. Oh, you don't need to, so I think need I to have announce to... any favorites. It's not nice. <laughs> so I think I have to conclude that you are all my favorites. Okay. Ah. Uh, very diplomatic. Yes. Nice choice. Nice right? choice. Yes, yes. Um, there is a list of all of the favorite things that Jean likes about each of us. We should read those. Uh, oh. You want me to read yeah. them? <laughs> Give us praise. Give us a little boost. Is it all yeah, of us, though? It might not be all well, of us. Well, check Let's first. <laughs> make, up, make up the ones that are missing. Yeah, just don't tell us who's missing. Just make some up as you read them. <laughs> it's definitely not all for all of us. I'm going to skip the whole section. Um, <laughs> I don't want people to get to feel left out. I'm definitely Jean, if you'd like to write in some commentary on the people you didn't write about and submit that, we'll read them all together next episode. All right. um, I have always thought that the way Fitz and B relate to each other is a misfire on the part of Hob. And yes, I realize that's a rather arrogant thing to say when she has had so many books published and I have none. And I just think that Fitz would do better. I know that he is basically incompetent in many areas of life, but I think that when he invested in caring for something, he tends to do it well. He wasn't great with Hap, but I don't think he was particularly invested in Hap. <laughs> Poor Hap. <Fair>. Who was? I think there's a story you can tell where after Molly dies, hooray, Fitz and B form a really strong bond. He could have dressed her in practical clothes, which to him would probably mean plain and serviceable pants and skirts and taught her to fight properly and basically treated her as an apprentice or or offsider. This would still have hit the beats of nettle thinking that she isn't being brought up right because she isn't learning to be a lady and also that of the lyrics thinking she is a boy. I have to tell you, Jean, I think that's what Fitz thought he was doing. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) true. Um, you could still have the story of Fitz thinking that she is dead and therefore taking forever to save her and everything else could still happen without Fitz just coming across as the worst dad ever. In fact, it would have been even more tragic because of the contrast of how happy and secure they are with each other and then having that ripped away. So that's my two cents. I could go on for about a while, but I might start sounding like an obsessed crazy person. <laughs> Thank you all so much for your work on this podcast. We mean like, like 109 episodes of talking about it. Um, Thank you all so much for your work on this podcast. I'm sad it's ending, and I really hope that you will do another project after it because I love you all, Jean. Thanks, Jean. Thank you. you. Cheers, Jean. All right. That's the mail. This is a long section. Is it? Is it? I didn't feel like it was. I feel like it's three fairly short chapters, and then I think you had the longest one if you had the longest one. Oh, was there a long one? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. 
56 phone pages. <laughs> Mine was yes. only 27, which is why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jenny, then let's 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 hit those 27 pages. <laughs> Chapter 33 is called Candles. Uh, the intro appears to be a prophecy about Fitz and the Fool destroying the Pale Woman and freeing Ice Fire. Thanks for the recap of the Tiny Man trilogy. Good to know they really defied the odds, though we kind of knew that already, too. But anyway, back to B. After Motley leaves, B takes stock of everything she knows for sure. Wolf Father tells her that her father is probably near, and that's why he told her to tell Motley about the way in being the, or the way out being the way in. But she can't know that for sure. The only thing she knows for sure is that Prilkop is wrong. And she really wishes she could tell him, I told you so. Rachel can rejoice. Yay! <laughs> there is a nice, very poignant quote that I thought really kind of applies to some real world things right now, too. Uh, it says, You were wrong, Prilkop. The problem is not that we forget the past. It is that we recall it too well. Children recall wrongs that enemies did to their grandfathers and blame the granddaughters of the old enemies. Children are not born with the memories of who insulted their mother or slew their grandfather or stole their land. Those hates are bequeathed to them, taught them, breathed into them. If adults didn't tell children of their hereditary hates, perhaps we would do better. Perhaps the Six Duchies would not hate Chalced. Would the Red Ships have come to the Six Duchies if the Out Islanders did not recall what we had done to their grandparents? And I think B is very wise. Mm-hmm. But now it's time for the Destroyer to come. It's time to burn it all down. It's the Elmo burning gift. <laughs> It felt appropriate. Uh, B unlocks herself from her cell and heads into the stronghold, thinking about testing out all the scented candles at the nearest hallmark and about Fitz's intro sections where he burned all his writing. I feel like these are very fire-adjacent thoughts, but then Vindelire is not that smart. She heads to the libraries as she remembers from her tour. Fortunately, everyone has nicely evacuated for her already. Winding through the stacks, she throws all the scrolls and books to the floor and douses the entire place with oil. With her mother's broken candle in hand, she's ready to submit her resume to become a Fahrenheit 451 fireman. There's another gif. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Vindelire is desperate to get back into her head and figure out what she's doing, but she does her best to think about her mother's garden and honeysuckle while she assesses his situation. He's in Floaty's room drinking the good brandy and eating all the good foods, waiting for more serpent spit, serpent spit so he can blast her mind and give her a traitor's death with those worms that will eat you until your eyes bleed, and can we really not? Anyway, bees! Think of bees and flowers! Vindelaire knows that she's out of her cell. At least he thinks he does. But she's definitely in the garden somewhere. He's going to burn a command into everyone there to go and find her. B builds her walls back up and thinks about how straw makes a terrible mattress and gets back to her path. She lights half of her broken candle and makes Molly relevant once again as she tosses it into the library, setting the room ablaze and ruining thousands of years of dream history. Well done, B. With the second half of the candle, she lights another library on fire. Her fires rage as she heads for another room and Wolffather is getting nervous now. He wants her to keep her walls up and flee. B is too busy burning things and trying to decide if she'd rather death or capture. She thinks death would be better than torture and parasites, which is, you know, fair. She's desperate for a flame to light the third room, but before she can find one, fire bursts out of the second door. Uh-oh. Wolf Father springs into fire safety mode. Stop, drop, and roll, he orders, and she finally obeys. <laughs> and there's, <laughs> there's a nice little picture of a wolf in a fireman outfit. It's pretty spectacular. <laughs> All I could think about this, this whole chapter, is how B is better at the skill than, like, 
most people Everybody. in these stories and she's never been trained. She's so good at it. Right. Well, does does that mean that training is bogus and Shade's been right this whole time? <laughs> you can just teach yourself. Who cares? Yeah, all you do is teach yourself limits and like... He didn't teach just... himself limits. Well, that's why he didn't like being trained. That's why he didn't like when Nettle enforced rules because he, he did whatever he wanted and he felt like, I know what I'm doing. She's also just significantly more powerful than he ever could have hoped to be. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if Fitz had just been able to do his own thing if he would have been, like, close to B's level. I mean, I think he would have been, but it would have been all mixed up with the wit, right? Well, yeah, but I don't so feel like that's had, a It would have been different. Thing. I think it would have been more about, like, sensing people or, like, any, you know, stuff that maybe Night Eyes would have found useful. I mean, I guess she has to learn to do what she needs to do because Vindelire is in her head and she needs to shut him out. Plus, she had all that time training to shut Fitz out because she was clearly doing that even without realizing it. This this section reminded me of like like a, a level of Zelda or something where you're like wandering around the castle and like you have two candles but you have to figure out how to set three of the <laughs> three of the hallways on fire so that something will open or a path will open. <laughs> and you you're three feet tall so you have to move things around to climb up on them to get on exactly, and... <laughs> and then in the end, you end up with smoke inhalation problems. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you have to, it's timed, and the clock is getting faster, and the music is going faster, <laughs> and someone is yelling at you the whole time. Yeah, yeah, there's like a little wolf that pops up to give you hints. <laughs> it's like Clippy in a Word document. Yeah, <laughs> go away, Wolfie. <laughs> Stop telling me what to do. I know what to do. I've played this level a hundred times. I just keep dying. <laughs> but I liked how it felt real time when you're reading this chapter, where, when she's deciding like how she has to climb up on stuff and like roll the lamps and like dump the oil. And like, it just, it's like, she's both taking her time to explain it to us, but it gives us that feeling that you're going to get caught. You need to go faster there's the a, a lot of tension with the back and forth to Vindelire, you know, mm -hmm. invading her mind and Wolffather yelling at her and knowing that Fitz is coming. Yeah, these are the, it's not horror, but like, Hob still has like a, a strength because we're so fearful of what could happen. <laughs> like we all have a little bit of, of just extreme fear because we've been through so much already. We just want her to succeed so badly. And I do, it did make me also think of the prophet or the dream about, about Molly saying like the only way to weed is to like get it by the roots. Right. She says so she that wants to do a good day. job. Yeah. She wants to do a Sorry, thorough Sorry, Molly job. was relevant twice. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's been a little bit of some Molly hate this whole section. <laughs> so thank you, Molly, for instilling a uh, good work ethic i mean and, molly uh, was great for b you can't deny that <laughs> yeah so no i i think i think i don't think that she again molly's a great character <laughs> she's just wedged in there she's in a just, role that doesn't make sense she's just narratively wrong <laughs> yeah but i was actually thinking about this beard. the other day i was thinking about this the other day does fitz have any female friends that he hasn't had sex with 
and Claire is we we've begun. We've we've started the heartburn. So <laughs> the heart of the world. Right. And Vindelire is getting more serpent spit. I think that's the other. Oh right, Vindelire's oh, yeah, Vindelire yeah. is like a boss that's off screen that's like leveling getting up juiced. and that's a problem. Cuz yeah. Capra hid four vials of the stuff. Yeah, we don't like that. That's not a good idea because no. he's already like He's already got people who are being compelled to like look for her and find her. So yeah. is he gonna take all four of them at once? Is that what's gonna happen? Oh yeah, that would be a good idea. You should do that. Mm -hmm. Do try try that, Vindelire. All four at once. See what happens to you. Just turn into an explosion. I just star. I know how he I know how he is, and you know that as soon as he's in control, he's just gonna be like, oh, I can take more of it right now. Yeah, like all any good drug addict, they're gonna be like, yeah, I want I want more. I've already, I control, hurt, right? I control, yeah. I mean, I guess it really depends on if she continues to resist Vindelire at, if he's juiced up. Like, he's going to be like, I need more. I need more. I need to overpower her. <laughs> All right, let's move on to chapter 34 then. Chapter 34 is called Smoke, also known as Where There's Fire. Or, the destroyer hath cometh. Um, the beginning, the intro is a classic shade missive to Fitz describing not his jealousy specifically, but his envy of Fitz because he was able to live outside the shadows and outside the, the, the wait for it, <laughs> the walls of Buckkeep. Shade... You do all your best work in the shade, don't you know? <laughs> um, because we the are... Supporting uh, character to the last. <laughs> yes, even though he's dead. Because we are uh, at that uh, running out of the toilet paper part of the final book on the final trilogy of the final saga forever, the chapter <laughs> must begin with Fitz finding what he thinks is a deceased fool. Um, did he take Fitz's gifted easy exit remedy? Or also known as Leto's tooth grinder. <laughs> That's for Rachel. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. <laughs> yep. Remember the tooth. <laughs> Uh, Spark quickly picks the lock to the fool's cell so Fitz can get one final look at his uh, his OTL. Fitz ducks to dodge a teapot as the fool is actually, surprise, surprise, not dead, mistaking Fitz as Capra. Of course, the fool's not dead yet. We all knew that, Fitz, duh. See, everything's fine. He was only just about to be tortured terribly yet again. Fitz informs the fool of their plan to find B, but not before reprimanding him on his brashness. The fool then blames himself for losing B yet again after the previous chapter's skirmish. Here's a quick list of the ways the fool was somehow miscast as Fitz in this chapter. I'd just like to say the, the fire trucks in the background are really, like, <laughs> timed well for this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No way to edit that out. <laughs> I wish we lived on a higher floor. No, I like it. <laughs> no, it's very appropriate. Right. Yeah. The place is burning. And... Yeah, it works. 
Fitz yeah. is hearing the fire alarm above him and going, what is that? <laughs> well, that's, damn, that is loud. How close is that to you? They come in. I like that I heard that on, like, around me first and then it got to you guys. Oh my god. It's real time. <laughs> so... So earlier, uh, the fool was running rampant through the enemy's base, wildly slashing and stabbing people along the way. He was also using deadly poisons and powders on the enemy. He was also uh, had general self-loathing and in de- a depressive state. <laughs> he, he he was very beaten and very bruised. He lost uh, priceless and useful items <laughs> along the way. And last but not not least, he blamed himself for failing in a mission in which he most definitely did not fail. Um, and well, and the the one thing he hasn't done though is that he hasn't self defenestrated yet. So we're not completely at Fitz <laughs> level, but for some reason, I think Robin Hobb is trying to tell us something about the fool. Two becomes one. Two becomes one. Two yes. become one. After freshening himself up, the fool explains where B is being held in the upper cells, and Fitz explains that Motley already figured that out for them. (laughs) Fitz asks the fool if he knows where the tunnel under the causeway is located, the one that the fool escaped from the first time. He doesn't know. They discuss how they learned that Simp was dead in the town down there, and the fool is unable to account for her death, meaning the fool did not kill Simp. Fitz announces that he's off to go find B alone, so then they just go go ahead and all follow it. <laughs> they just, they're like, this is what he does. You just go. On his way up, Fitz is treated with a first-hand account of what the torture chamber actually looks like. And he's, uh, for lack of a better word, just shook. What are all these? And it occurs to him. He's like, who, who are these fucked up people that like doing this to each other and like watching it? It's just, uh, we're all just sort of asking that question. Fitz used the wit to navigate the path. Some mis- he senses some miserable prisoners and then Prill Cop, but no sign of B. Somewhere else nearby in a locked door uh, is uh, is being held by guards, that's uh, Cop, and Fitz informs them all to shush. <laughs> um, they the, they voyeur upon the guards who are unaware of their presence, and they hear uh, a little bit about Simp, not just Simp, but also Dwalia being killed by uh, possibly Vindelire, but they don't really know. But the important thing is here, and the fool says this himself, Dwalia is dead. So, and and it, I thought that was a kind of provocative quote. <laughs> they continue to creep up to Prokop's cell and Spark <laughs> begins to work on the lock as the fool calls out to him. He seems fine. Where is B? asks Fitz, to which he informs them she is in the rooftop cells and gives the squad a side mission to also free all the other prisoners up there, which we probably may or may not do. Fitz uh, picks a lock into the next chamber and peers around. No guards and no cells, just a comfy living room. And Fitz recalls what the fool told him earlier about this part of the tower, that it was mostly made up of private waiting rooms and meeting chambers. And they continue to follow the path, the the, the path of the guards uh, away, um, meaning that they follow where the guards were headed. 
Fitz's keen wolf senses are peaked first to the smell of smoke. Fire. Someone shouted in the distance. There was glowing fire, thick smoke down the hall. They get their hand they get on their hands and knees and they mask themselves with scarves to avoid the smoke. A boy at the base of the steps lies prone. Is he dead, Fitz wonders? Where's B? The smoke and fire was too treacherous to proceed. <laughs> Briefly cut off from the others, they conclude that there's no way to continue, and they must retreat back to the others. All is lost if she is indeed further up there, and the fire is probably up is up there, and she's probably dead then. Uh, Purr is unconscious, or so it seems and is clutching a very small and ugly boy. Rude. Fitz, wait a second. That's no small, hideous, disfigured boy. That's B, your daughter. Rejoice. She lives. She lives. She lives. And we. this is our touching kind of weird reunion. Um, it is touching, although I still can't get over how just disgustingly she is described in the, the text. Fitz studies her carefully. It's... Uh, B. Farseer, who was she now? I mean, she's the destroyer, we all know that. Um, you came, the crow said, the crow said, said B. Um, shit, get out of here, guys. Go find the others. Get the fuck out. There's fucking guards. There's, like, fire coming down on you. You just need to get the hell out of here. Um, there's all this, like, reunion time, but really, they just need to go. Finally, before the chapter ends, Night Eyes returns to Fitz and promptly informs him that he knows where there are people that can help them. A dozen shining friendly guards are there at the end of the corridor. All you have to do is just bring B to them, including a weird s- small froggish looking dude. Wait, what the fuck fits? No, those are not friends. That's Vindelire. What are you doing? It's his magic. Stop. Per and B are, are, are seemingly unaffected by the magic. Um, and they are completely dumbfounded by why Fitz is being so stupid. Get your walls up, man. What the fuck? How many books did it take to get you here? <laughs> and you just failed at this key moment. But to Fitz, all is well. They're safe now. And he carries B to the welcoming party. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> the transition to to that was so well done, though. Because they I mixed, so too. They mixed it with... I love the way she does that. Yeah, stuff. They, she mixed it with um with night eyes coming back so he's like fitz is so happy that they're saved and then it's like night eyes shows up and you're like of course he's happy because night eyes showed up and you don't realize that he's like he's just taking them straight to vindelire until it's like he's right. right well there. night eyes is there because his walls are down yeah right? like that's how right. he gets in yep. so yeah so what, what's the confusion about night eyes telling him about was that vindelire posing he as came, he came in was it's like when you act, it's like when you walk into the apartment door and somebody slips in behind you right without buzzing like vindelire like came in with night yeah. eyes it was like come on now. but it sounded like night eyes was the one telling him to do it well, that's why night yeah eyes that's why it's so well faster done than yeah Fitz. yeah yeah oh, i thought you mean come when he in. tells him he's like walls up get your fucking walls back up player <laughs> yeah that, that later he says get your walls up but right at first at the first right. moment he says it's as it, it's posed as if it's night eyes telling him hey there are friends no. here at least that's yeah. how i interpreted it no it's perfect because you think oh of course there are friends here they have friends yeah. that are down yeah, in the city Maybe yeah. Party. Showing up. Yeah. oh thank god the dragons oh, are here let's let's rock and roll and it's like, that's oh, what i thought yeah i thought it was the the ship i thought it was the ship crew the ship is here the whole ship <laughs> <laughs> they just got there 
Hey, you know what? Lots of stuff is possible. There's just a boat fiction. just crammed into the corridor. They just it crushed. They they crushed it. I mean, there's <laughs> it's like it's a fucking boat engine. made out of two goddamn dragons. You could have fucking done yeah. that. It's possible. It's like Thomas the Tank Engine in the Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> where they replaced yeah. the dragons. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a <the> boat. <laughs> Jeez. That would have been boss though if like if the boat just crashed right the fuck into it and they were like, let's go. I mean, there's water that leads right up to it. They just and it's a dragon. He's two dragons. Yeah. He could have busted in there. They could have gotten on. Kool Aid man their way into that castle and be like, hey guys, what's up? Just pick them up, throw them yeah. on the ship, and I should amend that. There are not two wolves inside of you. There's just the one, but there are two dragons. <laughs> Now, I just have that stupid Spice Girl song stuck in my head, though, now. Thanks a lot, Rachel. Yes. You're welcome. I want to make love to you, baby. Need your love like I never did know before. No? What's that? Are there dragons? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Was Fit was Night Eyes saying, I know a place of safety, I know people who will help us, or was Fitz saying that because Windelire was in his head? Yeah, he it was Fitz that was saying it's that. Because it's a second, it's a, like, there's a break. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's Vindelire. It's okay. not Night Eyes saying Fitz is repeating it. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But she always does that kind of writing so well where you're just kind of going along and you don't realize what's happening until, like, all of a sudden you're there like she's always done right that it's like when... show don't tell she instead yeah. of telling you how the the skill feels she just does it shows yeah. you how it feels like you're just yeah. so in his head that you don't realize what's happening until he realizes what's happening and it's just like well anytime so he's well confident happy yeah <laughs> or sure of himself it's wrong it just doesn't feel right, right. Well, i mean yeah. it's, it's like when she that one chapter like and i don't remember what trilogy it is where i think it's the first trilogy where he's like on drugs and doesn't realize it and he's like describing things that are completely ridiculous and you're just like what <laughs> oh right when he's yeah but yeah she always does that kind of writing so well turn around night eyes <laughs> that's the song you were looking for actually <laughs> every now and then we fall apart yep they sort of do um so at this point, I want you to put together a karaoke list of songs you could sing that could, like, secretly be wrote karaoke songs. We and have an endless, we, the entire playlist that we just made, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this this one would have the Spice Girls song on it. It could have Turn Around on it. It could have. It's got to be singable. It has to be singable. It has to be like a karaoke song. Right. It can't be like a. Um, how, I'm sorry. Are we listening to the same playlist? <laughs> Firestarter is a great karaoke song. It'll get the whole crowd going. And also, I'm just a girl. Tragic Kingdom, Gwen what Stefani. Is the crime that is happening. More sets, more more fire. There's, still there's fire a going. fire, you guys. It's not gonna end until we get out of this fucking building. <laughs> You're right. The fire is still happening. Um, I love how he's like, look at this stupid unconscious little boy that's in my way. I don't care about <laughs> oh this my little God. boy. Yeah. This isn't what that's I'm her, you for. fucking idiot. Why did you save this ugly kid? <laughs> yeah, I know. The whole chapter he's disparaging, he's disparaging Purr, who's like, but sup? And he's just like trying to like get this kid. And he's like, what are you fucking doing with this, eat this note, this NPC over here? <laughs> <laughs> not worth saving we're also going to leave these prisoners in the cells who cares about them well yeah yeah I, real cop is that, that was, you middle that finger. was so <laughs> it was there. so funny because he's like he's like 
Oh, there's like a dozen people over there and Prill Cop. Okay, we're on our way. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I'm looking for. I also like that the uh the fool did like a probably shockingly good assassin job before he got caught by Capra. Yeah, he kind of did a better job than Fitz did. All well, that, well, Fitz was like, like that was guys. overkill, but sure, good job. <laughs> Fitz said that was like, overkill. <laughs> maybe his assassin powers are like his wit powers, where it's like like they can leave him, <laughs> and like they left, and they were in the fool. Like, he doesn't have them. There's none. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't even have any observation skills to notice I just, when he's didn't he also like report, didn't the fool also report that he used, like, all of the poison he's like all of it you yeah it's just like that's yeah, he's, he's like, like that'll, that'll do it dozen dozen people. <laughs> yeah, he's like that that should do it i think he's i think as long as he's like 10 feet away from his powder yeah, he's, he's like dead. good he job like, look at the did, door handle did it exactly right <laughs> thorough like as long as he touches anything in his room or does anything in his room he'll be dead it's like, you know, the, it's like the axe spray of perfume. It's like, it's like, you just put it on the pulse points, right? Oh, no, I covered my whole body with half just the bottle. Oh, okay. Everything. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I put it on the wine glasses, but also in the wine, just in case he drinks it straight out of the bottle. How do you dispense? I mean, I, could, I, I imagine the nervous mess I'd be if I had that kind of death in my hands. Just like I think I would be in a hazmat suit. They don't have those, so like, what are they doing? Like, what I don't was know. Doing? Everybody's like putting their hands in their sleeves now whenever they touch it. Well, anything. he does at least he does at least wear one glove already. Yeah, that? I, it's like watching Jesus. a sim. You know how when you watch a sim and Sims and they they're all just act, like acting like kind of wacky. You know, it's like that's I imagine my like inner sim of the fool in these rooms is just like you know rolling around on the ground, <laughs> climbing the wall, like doing like push-ups for no reason in the bathroom like just, like psychotic it's <laughs> like just a lot of unnecessary movement <laughs> he's got the butterfly cloak so he doesn't care it is kind of appropriate that once again someone thinks that b is a boy although Always. this time it's to dismiss her Right. All, uh, well, that, and I think it's also really lovely, even though it sort of happens off screen because Fitz, it's not Fitz's point of view, that pair, like, fulfills his mission. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm going to find her. I'm going to do it. And he does. And without him, they would not have found her. Or at least Fitz would have been like, that's a kid I don't care about. <laughs> ah, <laughs> would have been great if he just walked just away tragic. and was like, you did find her. You just left. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> She's right there. I'm glad we could give Fit uh, Per something to do. Yeah, he's been very no, useful yeah. this whole time. He's been very useful, so I think he deserves this like hero moment of like being the linchpin that like that finds her, protects her. Yeah, isn't affected by magic. Isn't yeah, affected by magic. Like now, let's talk about. Well, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> the... <laughs> the... <laughs> we'll talk about this in my chapter. Uh, also, let's talk about how uh, B's appearance is most closely related to sloth. Now, what? What? What you? Is, how you mean? What you talking about? Sloth. Why? 
why is she so ugly now? Like, yeah, she got fucking ugly. Apparently, I mean, I it's like in my mind, I know she's being beaten, but I didn't. Yeah, know I don't. That she was... I don't know. I think she's ugly very is scarred. an appropriate yes. word. I think that she's, she's scarred. like, yeah. yeah, she's scarred and battered. She's had bones in her face crushed. Like, I think Jesus. we just have. We've been in her head and knowing. Yeah, she hasn't looked in a mirror. In... We haven't seen her. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> been in the head of somebody who's been looking at her. They're like, oh. And but like, what if her ears is described as just like a nub? Like it's, it's more gone. Like a her ears gone. Yeah. They're like, never mind, and they leave. Didn't but I they, mean, they, she they, went through brutalities. I mean, yeah, she's they, not gonna. No, cut I get out it. I think they they smacked her with wondering... that stick a couple of times on her ear, and a and she times. said it, it felt like it tore or something. Yeah. Jesus. Right. Well, I just I'm wondering why Hob chose to do it this way, like. To sort of like save it up until this moment when other people look at her that knew her before and they're like, oh, like she's not just beat up. She's not just disfigured. She's disfigured. And I think it makes it more impactful because you're just like, oh, that's wow. Okay. And because she's a little kid, that's also now if they like, you know, perform a skill healing on her, will that, you know fix her up i mean it worked for fitz so we'll we'll see but you know she's got pretty strong walls so it depends on if anyone i mean she's able to sort of heal herself now too Mm -hmm. so we know she healed her feet so that maybe that's something that she can do herself if she if she wants to i mean fitz she also did it with the serpent spit fitz only has the broken nose so that he could pretend he wasn't fits and because the fool likes it because it's hot because it's hot yeah Yeah. And the fool is always just like, do you see his nose? Isn't it great? Isn't but it actually, hot? that's kind of a double standard, too, where it's like, you know, like uh, a male presenting character can get like super beat up and disfigured and it's like hot, right? He's got like a zombie bite on his shoulder. <laughs> and, like, But like a little girl gets beat up like that and it's like, you're disfigured. Well, welcome to being a lady 101. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also like you don't typically imagine little girls unless it's your Ellie from The Last of Us. Thank heaven. Out there. That song is so fucking predatory, it's disgusting. <laughs> well, speaking G-G. of Leslie Caron. <laughs> Ew. I love it. Um, but yeah, that I always fast forward to that song because it's Oh, funny. it's so <laughs> gross. It's yeah, I can't ever watch that scene. I'm just like I mean the whole movie is pretty disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, but, no, that's, you're know. right. You're right. There's nothing. It's like just look at the dresses. Just right. Tune out oh, the dialogue. What's flowers happening? Flowers and dresses. <laughs> flowers and dresses and some dance scenes. Which 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 movie is that? Gigi. Gigi. It's where the she's like she's a, a child, sixteen year old. <laughs> she's a child, and she gets old enough to be pretty, and then they conspire <laughs> to marry her off to her benefit. They have this family friend who's like the boy around town and is always dating all of the hot socialites, and then all of a sudden they're like, wait a second, because his peen gets, we can he, make her he gets a little socialite. chub hanging out with her one day, and it was like, hmm, maybe we should marry yeah. them. It's a fu- it's The whole premise of the movie is disgusting. <laughs> but also, Leslie Caron was constantly in movies like that, like Daddy Long Legs. Also yeah. a child who marries her her adopted father Ew. yeah that's yeah Ugh. you know it's a weird thing to get typed little orphan into. annie that's another one <laughs> then oh and then in 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 father goose 
she's an adult, but she's a nun, and she still falls oh, in love I I with Father the Goose. Father Goose. That's the one. It's a World War II where the plane crashes, and she's a nun, and she has all those little orphan girls, and it's Cary Grant when he's like old. And so she falls in love with Cary Grant, but then, like, also one of, like, the 14-year-old girls falls in love with Cary Grant, and she throws herself at him, and he decides to scare her off. He's going to be into her, and he, like, makes moves I on her, and then not she freaks seen out this and runs movie. off. <laughs> I don't know that one, Rachel. Oh, it's for the best. Father Goose. <laughs> the, the, the Woody Allen biopic. That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry for, sorry for the Leslie Caron. <laughs> I mean, it was relevant because a listener brought it up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, weirdly, though, I do like Father Goose a lot because it's really funny. But uh... My Fair Lady, that's another one. That's not Leslie Caron, though. Also, no. she's not really so Obviously, a the best Leslie Caron is an American in Paris. That's obviously yeah. the best. We're not going to yeah. like... Also, she's trying... Also, she's a child being being married off to her that's, adopted that was, uncle. That's my point. That's oh my, my god! Point. It was a thing. Okay, they really enjoyed that stuff. It was a thing. It happened. That was the it that was, was the enemies to lovers of the 1950s, y'all. All right. Ew. Predators to lovers. Yeah. Predators to lovers. <laughs> god. We've come so far. Yeah. Right. What were we talking about? All oh, right. So we've recovered. B. B has <laughs> B has joined the main. The, the party is no longer split. We all have the party is one party now. The gang's which means back together. That what, the gang's all here. The fire is firing. The smoke is smoking. Vindelier is lying. Let's let's move on to uh, the next chapter. Did you like plan that? Vindelier is lying. I in the, feel like, the moment I said. I feel it, like Robin Hopp might have planned it, but <laughs> yeah. So she went to liar. Starbucks <laughs> and she said <laughs> some some liar. Yeah, yeah she just. Wrote, what's your name? I'm yeah. a liar. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna give me? Vindelar? What are you gonna give me for this? What are you gonna give me? <laughs> this character's name is I don't fucking know. <laughs> and then it comes out like I don't know Smith, and that's the character's fucking name. So thanks, Starbucks. <laughs> um, if they'd like to sponsor me, I'll take it. Chapter thirty-five: Confrontations. Confrontations. Also, like the third confrontation. Maybe it's the tenth confrontation. one in every book. I promise. I think if we're not closer two to book. ten than three. Yeah, like sixteen. This is yeah. the sixteenth confrontation. Okay. <laughs> um, we open with a B side from the Beastie Boys. I am B, and B is me. My mother knew this from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that wow. is from Beastie's diary. It felt like a dream, her bestie purr dragging her from the fire, her dad scooping her up and taking her to safety. She had one thing right. Her dad had been looking for her all this time. But LOLB, we know that's not how these perks work, so you ain't safe yet. And thus the dream becomes a nightmare, also known as a regular day in the life of Fitz. They roll up, uh, let's see, nope, start over. They roll up to the crew of villains who are acting pretty smug for a group whose leader is bleeding from her stomach, but Vindelire <laughs> was pumping everyone full of nonsense. <laughs> Come to us, everything's great, no bad guys here, we'll help you. B screams to her dad to put his walls up, but it's too late, and Vindelire skill blasts his new message, kill her, kill B now, and thus the mayhem begins. 
Everyone lunges for B, but Percy says, not today, Satan, and swiftly lunges at Vindy. And Vindy tries one last plea. Drop the knife, don't kill me! But it doesn't work on all pair. And instead, he slices his neck open with a Kill Bill-style blood effect. Blammo, you're dead, player. (laughs) I feel like somehow this is a plotline cheat code, but I'll take it. Pear tells B to stand behind him as he readies for the next victim. Capra, seemingly having shaken off Vidi's trance now that she's dead, is like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And why are we here? And Philodri is trying to book it out of there. Where? Yells Fitz hilariously as he picks up a knife and a hatchet and gets to berserkering. A quote from B. His face was alight, his teeth bared, and his eyes brighter than I had ever seen them. <laughs> From here we go, blow by blow. Pow, thwop, slice, ouch. Everyone's stabbing everyone, and it's great. <laughs> B wants in and pulls out Simp's knife to do some damage to Felody. Felodri, Felody, I can't even remember anymore. But Coltry doesn't like that and tries to bitch slap her, calling her a dirty little traitor and bemoating that she killed poor dear Zwalia. So was he really brainwashed by Vindy or not? Romance? Doesn't matter, because he's dead <laughs> in three, two, one. And I'm going to read this excerpt because it brought me great joy. This is B. But I paid no attention to his flailing, slapping hands. I would put my knife into the middle of him, into his belly where coiled the parts he needed to live. Wolves always tore for the belly. I'd hit him too high. His breastbone stopped my blade. I pulled back my knife and with both hands on the hilt drove it down again as he battered me with slaps. He wasn't very good at it. (laughs) Dwalia had hit me harder than that. My knife punched into him. I leaned on it, trying to push it deeper. Colchi grabbed my hair with both hands and pushed my head back. My head was not my hands. (laughs) (laughs) I dragged the knife as he shoved me away. The cracked paint on his face made him look like a ruined doll. And then Pear comes in for the finish and slits another throat. I love it. It was great. (laughs) They're a power couple. They're amazing. But annoyingly, Pear tells her again to stay back and out of the fight. Fuck off, Pear. Then B looks up and sees Lamp right before her dad takes a hit to the thigh. Wow, the whole gang is here. What a party. But then Copper ruins the fun by calling her a treat, and she and Philodri are shuttered away, uh, shuttled away by the remaining guards. Everyone catches up real quick while they bandage up Fitz's leg. Lamp, long time. How's it going? Hey, B, your face is a little busted. Good to see ya. This is my girlfriend. I think you know Beloved. Great party, huh? <laughs> B tells everyone, it's totally fine that you all wanted to murder me because it was Vindy's fault, so no grudges here. Wink, wink, she has grudges, I think. And (laughs) Percy is all braggy, saying he didn't hear anything because he's awesome. Then Beloved rolls up on B like a drunk guy in a bar who is willing to get too close without permission, and B isn't having it. And Procop tries to help by saying she is his. And guys, I'm just going to tell you that telling a woman she belongs to a man is a big daddy no-no, okay? And this is where I realized that B now is me in the first books. And dare I say like this last book, um, highly distrustful and fairly creeped out by the fool. I get it, B. No judgment from me. All he wants to do is hold hands and she does it begrudgingly. But B says, hey, everyone, the meet and greet's over. I burned the shit out of the libraries upstairs and we're now in the movie Towering Inferno. So it's time to get out. <laughs> Beloved is aghast. The libraries? And B says, they needed burning. Burn the nest to kill the wasps. Suck on that, beloved. Pearl Cop calls her the destroyer, and beloved says, No, not her. And she says, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
So onward ho, everyone agrees it's time to get the fuck out, but how? Pear does some snooping ahead, warns that there's no way out because humans are dumb and panicked and blocking the exit. Prokop very politely asks the gang how they got in, as if he couldn't smell the caked on shit they were all covered in and now sweating through. (laughs) Prokop thankfully knows where the old hidden tunnel is, but it may be bricked over. It's in this stinky dungeon, so let's go. P.S. It's how they got Beloved out, and that wasn't a mistake. They let him go specifically so they could follow him and hunt everyone down. Beloved says he knew, but didn't have any other path. B notes this in her burn book. As the gang heads through the door to go downstairs, Fitz declares he has to split. He declares he has to split. He's going to die at some point, and this might be the chance. His bleeding leg is leaving a trail that the guards will follow, so he's going to create a diversion while they all get out, and B isn't having it. He literally just told her that he will never leave her again. And he's like, well, but this time it's to save you, and I have to. And B senses her father's disappointment in himself, but Wolffather put the, puts the kibosh on that. He loved her without limits. She fought and killed. It's the perfect daughter, <laughs> father-daughter relationship. And when Wolf when Wolf father Wolf father I can't say it Wolf father I'm just calling him Wolf father <laughs> when Wolf father decides to leave me too he says run kill protect the scentless one uh, the gang isn't happy about any of it beloved included and they all do a weak sauce but dramatic and prolonged goodbye you hang up no you hang up no you hang up and they finally let Fitz go and then Pear's like oh god I shouldn't have never I shouldn't have let him hang up first let me go help him. So the team decides to let him go, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I guess not if I want Fitz to live for some more chapters. So it is what it is. Pear is off and Spark is going to go too to help him get into the other room. And before he goes, B thanks him for killing Alec, which is really cute. Um, I'm trying to find the section that I wanted to read in here. Oh, it's the it's on... So it's like during the prolonged goodbye and Lance like, I'm going to stay with, I'm staying with Fitz. And he's like, no, you're not. And then, and then Beloved doesn't move and says, I can't do this in a very soft voice. My father rounded on him. You promised, he roared. He seized the front of Beloved's shirt and pulled him close. You promised to me. You said you would choose her life over mine. Not like this, Beloved wailed. Not like this. Like, come on. <laughs> Give it an Emmy. Right. Give the book an Emmy. Like, that shit is just... It slaps. It's so good. Everyone can be beautiful and sweaty with flickering firelight and there's smoke and... Oh. Except they're all beat to hell and just... Bleeding and hell covered hell in and shit. Like... Let's not forget that part. Smell bad. Everybody's gonna get hepatitis. Every... <laughs> Yeah, you died of dysentery. Oh man, that leg wound—that's the bottom half of his body. You can't can't have any open wounds there. Funky. <laughs> well, we saw it. We saw it happen. Like right from like someone else's point of view, we saw the the knife go or the axe. I think I don't even know. It was sword. A sword. Yeah. Some sword. Should have practiced more. Fits you old. Old player. He did. He did insist on fighting most of the guards by himself. <laughs> yeah. What did he take on three? Or I like four? that he did it with a little baby hatchet axe. You know. <laughs> Hell yeah! At least <laughs> a camping, he a, a up, camping hatchet. He's, he's still. He's still a bigger boss than they are, right? <laughs> like, he's still good in berserker mode. Exactly. I also like that B went into her own berserker mode. So, 
Yeah. Like oh, father, yeah. father, like daughter. I can't talk today. But like I can't father, talk like today. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Woof, 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 Is this the? Wolf-ada. Is this the chapter where the fool is like, you're not as good as you used to be. You didn't kill anybody. And I was like, what about That's my chapter? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, no. you conveniently <laughs> forgot all the throats he cut open. And that's... Well, it, I think it's when they're going over their kill list and yeah. you hadn't actually gotten anyone off the kill list. Well, he killed, he slit that first guy's throat and like immediately attacking like four or five but people. But those chapter. were just measly guards. Those weren't the, yeah, those, those were weren't, yeah. Oh, he didn't get any bosses. He didn't get a boss, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Because they all, all killed three. Because he had to five. babysit, okay? Escort missions, they suck. <laughs> I think that this is such a great chapter because it could be such a letdown when we finally get all the characters together and then we get the bo- and then we get like the mi- the main villains in the in in here too and it's like it could just be a throwaway but i think it does so much to advance the story because everyone sees what b is capable of now and mm-hmm. b also sees what everyone else is prepared to do to save her and i just it it just goes there's so much of it in such a short period that i think it's just really masterfully done i i don't know i just i love this chapter i love it it's a good one especially because like fitz is like oh leave me behind like i'm gonna do this you guys i will say i'm so annoyed at the fact that like fitz was told by the fool that he's going to die and so now fitz is like trying to kill himself himself off prematurely and i'm like what are you doing like that's not how this works it's very fitz though well, he wants agency, I think. Yeah. And he he's t- I think he's tired of fate like working on him. He wants to work on fate. He wants to make sure that if he dies, it's it it helps them. It helps B. But yeah, I don't know. I think it I think it could be argued that like he's not really helping all of them by just trying to fleet off and I I think fly he's been so trying low. this whole book to buy something with his death. Yeah, yes. for sure. Totally. But now that he like knows he's trying to buy B's future. Yeah, I don't know. Now that he knows B is alive and they have her, I feel like he could like lay off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the prophecy still stands, you know? But it's it's interesting how he vacillates too, because in my chapter, which we'll go over, he's like, I'm the I'm you know, I'm I change things. It doesn't, you know, your your prophecies are bullshit. Like Yeah, it's like, do whatever. you believe it or not? Like pick one. No, he he believes it only when he's like out of options. I think he's also amped up on kerosene and elf bark. Like yeah, elf bark. I thought he took. I thought no. Um, Spark took the elf bark. She took the sindin. Or the yeah, sindin. So no one took bark. the elf bark. No one took the. Elf no bark? one took elf bark. No one. T- no one took it recently. Because yeah, they all are. The, otherwise, they would have not have been uh, susceptible to vindelires. Oh, yeah, that's correct. true. That's true. Wait, what's the Sindin do? Sindin makes, yeah, makes you horny. <laughs> it <laughs> gives you horny. energy and makes you horny. It makes you horny and gives you energy. It's from the book. Books. Where did they come from? The book books. I gave somebody. Who did Ashley give this? I, gave, I think Ashley I gave it to the, Alyssa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
because it's the book. It's the drug they, that yeah, they do. They used it in books. the ship book, so I gave it to Alyssa. It's the Brashen drug. It's the it's the cool. It's the drug he was doing that like put the huge sore on his face that made him super hot. That's why I'm so quiet. A sore on and the face. Jenny, in case hot. you're like, what we the hell sure? are they talking about? I bought everybody these little herbed bookmarks that I blubbered about at Chris. I bought them at like Christmas time, and I have yours. I just have to put it in the mail. But they were physically in my home, so they got theirs. Oh, okay. So don't worry. You have a herb as well, <laughs> and I have to send Elena hers too. Yeah, we each get a drug. <laughs> it's great. Kind of great an assassin's herb the um so joey sendin is the very like fashionable drug to use in the pirate islands yeah it's mdma well they stick it in their they stick it in their mouth like it's chewing tobacco. yeah yeah they like they put like a wad of it and then they just kind of like, suck on cheek. it and then they get yeah and yeah. then they get mouth cancer it's it's skull for uh. pirates yeah it's a cool pirate drug Sounds cool. <laughs> Drugs are cool. <laughs> oh, can I have a t-shirt that says where on it? Where? <laughs> I'm like, can't we just say like heads up or something? Nope. No, it's, he's in pirate land. He's got to say Because it's, it's used twice. Once by him and once by somebody else in a chapter. I forget where, but. He's used it before. What? Well, you wanted to say four? Like what? No, I just would like. How about Four. just like beware or over there or look? <laughs> hey. Hard. Bar. That's what bar is. Actually. Hark. Hark unto me. Over thar. Over yar. Maybe he just needs to shout berserker mode yeah. and he'll just over. Berserker mode activate. <laughs> beep, bar, beep, bar, beep, bar, <laughs> yeah, it's the only times he slips into Middle English at a weird battle moment. <laughs> And right? then it's just like it's just <laughs> you hear everything else like, in an American oh. accent, and then it's just like, oh, we're back here. Yeah. Ameri- we've established it's definitely not an American. Accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not listening to the audiobook, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, I'm fit chivalry. <laughs> Ew. I am, I am. <laughs> I am, I am. I am, I am. Fit chivalry. Bastia. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm getting married in the morning. <laughs> Ding dong, the bells are gonna ring. Does he show tunes? That That's relevant from? because it's from My Fair Lady, and we talked about it in this episode. We did. Okay, it's from My Fair Lady. <laughs> Assassin's Faith the musical. It bursts into song and takes his hatchet to the, his enemies. No, that's the end of civilization. When they do a musical rope land, I'm out. That's when I know I'm oh, that's out. The, show, it's the beginning of Fitz. I feel like we could go really good places with a musical of this. Yes, they could dance fight. Oh my god! There could be there could be like entrails that just like with glitter that just shoot across the stage. Yeah, like those snakes in a can. They just go boing out of somebody's stomach with glitter. <laughs> It's just like Macbeth. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's happening? All right, so we've got, we've got, we've taken care of some of our villains. I think the real villain might be the fire that B has started. (laughs) 
else have that I ended up. All right, so now they've gone all the way up the towering inferno, and they've been told the only way out is through the basement where you came in. So now they have to go back where they came. They're back. Which I feel like is a classic. Is that like a classic horror trope to have to go to like feel like you're through the maze, but then you have to go back through the maze? Probably. Like back through the back through the terror house, back through the dungeon, back to the place that like the terrible yes. things happen. I never really yeah. thought about it, but I, I think you're probably onto something. Yeah, I feel like that is. Especially if you're going to spend all the money on those sets. You want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> that brain money. But unlike the dungeon scene of Game of Thrones, in which our heroes were crushed by falling foam rocks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just died there. The they could have moved to the left. <laughs> they could have just moved. No, they couldn't. They, they were moved. distracted by their love. Ew. <laughs> It's not. That's not what happens. <laughs> Jamie deserves so much. We got more. our First winds of, of winter. Cersei deserves more. Everybody deserves more. Don't Cersei get me started. To be strangled to death by her own brother. That's yes. Wh- Agreed. What the fuck? And she deserved to not stand in a window. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten everything doing. I know about that book. And it's okay. We're just writing Jamie and Brienne right now. I mean, on purpose. I just want it's you gone. to know that the my microphone is currently sitting on top of a copy of A Dance with Dragons. So <laughs> that's about the what last good book for. we'll ever. It only get. came out eleven fucking years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve. You said something about a I teaser. I mean, like the kid, Let's the ask kid. Neil Gaiman if we should harass. There's a teaser. Gr Martin. George said what he was writing right now. Oh, that will. Can we harass He's him yet? Never Neil? gonna Can finish we? these books. It's like once the sh- once the okay? show Did surpasses like a six the year break? some miracle, he finished the Winds of Winter. There is no is way in hell he is ever gonna finish. A no, Spring. he let the show do the work for him. He's like, I'm, I'm fucking out. I'm done. Yeah, the show that fucked everything up. Cool. Yeah, but so yeah, I'm not bitter at all. Anyway. I talk about. It. I've said this a bunch. <laughs> you are very like, bad fans. He's in the fans. position of. The book being not as good as the show, which is, I mean, what? I don't think that's true. possible. That's not. Yeah. Possible. I don't know. But there's, but that's what I. Let me but go that's, put on that book right. was but better that's shirt my right now. Point though is that the people like I think people no. got warped by the show, but there's that or he can only do better. Influence such a low bar. <laughs> but then the other side of it no. is like he would be influenced by the show when he's writing it so he's kind of like in a no-win situation i don't i think the only way that he could be influenced by the show while he writes it is to to actively not do what the show did exactly exactly (laughs) because it but that's like that isn't that a version of him being influenced by the show like he's not gonna do anything that happened to the show even if he he couldn't because it's not what he wrote it doesn't make sense because it's not what he wrote even if they hit some of the points (laughs) (laughs) even if they hit some of the points of his outline all he has to do is write a coherent story to get there because that's what they did not do Right, he just needs to, he just needs to do what he set up, and it would be I mean, nothing he's not like do the it, show. Though. Never. Well, I mean, yeah, there's One that part. One or two, <laughs> or possibly more people on this podcast. Anyway, folks, we're part like, of a Game of Thrones podcast. If you like fantasy stories that involve winter and gross magic and people doing uh, really questionably moral things, I think you should read J.V. Jones. 
uh, also not finished, but closer to done than and she wants to finish it and she wants to finish and also you can support her on patreon i give her five dollars every month and uh i get little blog posts about how terrible her life is so um it's really it's better than getting blog posts from george martin going about how great this 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 this, all these things that are not writing this book that no jb jones is like hey half my house flooded i can't write right now and it's like oh here's an extra five dollars you know like it just there's a good they're good excuses so I also highly recommend them because they are wonderfully written. Um, and Wraith is very much like Fitz, very much like Jon Snow. So that's my recommendation. I actually had a reader write us, reader, a listener write to us about how apparently I've mentioned this before and they read them and it was very good. So listen to me. I'm right. <laughs> She's also very humble. Anyway. Yeah, another great quality. <laughs> Uh, Rachel needs to be reminded on a regular basis that she's not always right. It's okay. helpful to her personality. <laughs> and so I do that. I take on that person. <laughs> stab, stab, stab. Joseph, are you eating snacks? Um, because it sounds like yep. it. Yeah, yep. yeah. She's going to edit likes, that out. He likes to make the editing just as hard as possible. <laughs> Gotta keep her humble. He called those fire trucks. <laughs> no, they were. Yeah, I did. I called nine one one across the street. <laughs> it was that a was perfect me. audio backdrop to a, a towering chapter about fire. It's fine. Yeah, leave it in. Um, I do want to comment on the she is his com. It that, that's obviously like that's your dad. Yeah, I know. But either way, I don't want. I don't. I don't like the way it was phrased. You could say you're their child. That's your dad. Not- <laughs> There's that level of like ownership. I'm your daddy. It was gross. I don't like it. It it was Who it was, was a little bit this? weird of a scene. It was kind of like one of those scenes where you had like an adventure or something happened, and finally the like the two characters that have a crush on each other come up to each other after a long time apart, and they're just like kind of stand there and look at each other expectantly. Except there's none of that like tension. It's just like this mouth breathing yeah. old man looking at you <laughs> and you're a 10 year old kid like <laughs> and it's not a, it was yeah, weird it's weird and it's not a way to convince somebody that they should open themselves to someone it's like well you belong to him it's like no she's on the fence like, the only like, good reunion was the only good reunion was b and, and perseverance yeah everything else was like Fitz and B finally reunite. And they need and to have their Fitz own. Fitz is like, you look at you ugly child. Yeah. And B was like, oh, you actually care. And then B and the fool are like, hey, we touched once and then you got stabbed. Yeah. And then all of this started. And now so he owns cool. part of her gross. <laughs> he came on too strong, okay? He came on But too B strong. also has all of these connections to her mother, to, to Molly, to, to Fitz night eyes like all of these like real palpable physical or spiritual like connections to this she has nothing that connects her really to the fool except for that one moment which she associates with like the beginning of all of this he's basically coming off like a stalker who's like madly in love with her and she's like sorry like it oh you would god i kind of like it no, because it's it's not anti it's like the opposite of anticlimactic and that it's so realistic that I'm like, of course, of course, this one person who loves her unconditionally, who has sacrificed so much to like just to find her and like 
I mean, granted, like the fool also has his own petty revenge, you know, that's involved in this. So I just I just think that this is like not only what the fool deserves, what the fool has reaped, but like I don't know. I just I just really like it. I like because it also echoes Nettle's relationship with Fitz and I just I don't know. I just think that it's a really beautiful kind of way to talk about how like you can have you can have a parent your parent can do or I guess I I wouldn't even consider the fool a parent because the he, the fool has not parented her, but you can have this parent figure who believes wholeheartedly from the fool's point of view that I, I, you know, I love you, you're everything, but because they weren't there, because they didn't do the work, because there's no emotional connection between them, because there's no relationship, there's nothing there on the kid's side. Yeah. And I think that that is so, like, so Quite literally perfect. having a dad walk up to you that you never knew you had <laughs> and then being like, oh my God, give me a hug and a kiss. And you're like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Right? Right. And I think like, you know, like for myself, I've had that happen to me. I've had the dad be like, oh, I love you and I would do everything for you. Why don't you have, why don't you love me back? And it's like, because I don't know you. Yeah. I don't, I've never, I don't know you. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I just relate to it really hard, I think. And that's why I'm so protective of this dynamic. But also like, I just think that this is what, it's just kind of the perfect amount of sadness that I need right now. (laughs) You know, because it can't, it can't be... it can't be like two crescendoing happy reunion, right? There has to be something like dark and and terrible, terrible happening. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, it's good that it's not a happy look, ending. Robin Hobb is a master and deserves the title, and this is one of them. This is one of the reasons why you may not like it. You may get really sad. It makes me really sad, but it is what the story at this point needs and deserves. So. This hideous child belongs to belongs to the. Fool, I wish you'd stop calling her ugly it. and hideous. It's so cruel. Well, you know what? I was I was an ugly child myself. Oh yeah, you're hideous. So <laughs> malformed. So malformed. I'm all right. Also, all right. Second thing I want to talk about. The second i feel like we just talked about 75 things <laughs> the 76th thing i want to talk about is oh. perseverance b's catalyst discuss no <gasps> you're wrong i i would have to think about it more it's dwalia no, no it's not dwalia trying to antagonize me <laughs> you're just trying to antagonize me now you're canceled I mean, Yes, we've established that Prokhorov is wrong. Mm. Yeah, the wrong man from Wrongville. How much did, (laughs) how much influence did Perseverance have on her? Really, like his actions and things that he did impact her path. I feel like they were apart for so long. There's really only the instance. But that's not the. That's not what the catalyst does. That's not what the catalyst does. The catalyst does not affect the prophet. Right, yeah, the, the other way affects the catalyst. So, okay. Yeah. Well, then, yes. His entire life changed because of yeah. her. And, it, well, I think it's a possibility. I don't know about a yes, but I feel like it's certainly a possibility. I do think that he is a catalyst. I don't know that... He gets shit done. I'll give him that. Yeah. Okay, well, that's also something interesting because I think I've said this before. Our, like, you know, the fool calls Fitz, this is my catalyst. This is, but is it, is it, the, is Fitz the fool's catalyst because he's 
the fool's catalyst or is he the fool's catalyst because he's a catalyst and the fool chose him to be like i, I think that's the case yeah yeah because we also know that many of these other characters are catalysts right like I, I, he's just the one he uses the most. I like, completely yeah, believe that there are prophets sure. and they can see the futures and that there are important people and they can identify them. Yeah. Well, yeah, like when they look and see all the futures that are, you know, standing off of this one person, like that means that they can use them to shift things. Yeah, like when Amber met Althea and he was like, I was looking for a nine-fingered slave boy, but I guess I'll settle for you. <laughs> right. The whole family of catalysts, you yeah. mean the catalysts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Kefri, you, she he wasn't important. <laughs> Any one of you is fine. Uh, yes. I also would like to bring up the idea of being like a, a prophet and a catalyst because I think that kind of fits B the best. That is she, my pet theory. That's yeah, my pet theory. Because she yeah. she does make a lot of decisions. Oh, yeah. she's her yeah. own catalyst. She does a she's lot more decisions catalyst. than she does telling other people what to do. I mean, do it makes sense because there, she has a catalyst for a father. She has a prophet for a father. Yeah, like, then she's just a combo. It, she's a combination pizza and Taco com- Bell. She's a hybrid. Mm. She's a yeah. pizza hut and Taco Bell. She is. Add that. Add, add think, that song to the playlist, please. <laughs> okay. I think that um, I think that Capra also fits in that category. Oh, interesting. Because she's, you know, she's ruling. She's making a lot of decisions. She does. She maintains she, that she, she has her own dreams. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, yeah, she, and we noticed that. Uh, well, B B noticed that she had a lot of. She was a nexus point. Yes. Yeah, I think that like. I think that at least I have a kind of so I have many pet theories. One of my pet theories is that everyone is a is is a key catalyst at some point in their life, mm-hmm. whether or not it's, you know, whether or not it's recognized or orchestrated by a prophet. But like you know, it's like oh, some people are nexus points. Well, everyone's a nexus point at some at some point, or at right? Every point. Yeah. Influ- yeah, or at every point. Like it, it just it just it really depends on where your point of view is, where what you want to happen. You know, well, I mean, every decision you make takes you on a different path. It's just exactly you know, except that it's like you know, every time Fitz takes a shit, he's <laughs> changing the the course of the six duchies forever. Don't be a blasphemer. <laughs> and some dudes are just guys. Oh, that's important. Alyssa, <laughs> I'm cracking up. Oh man. <laughs> All right, let me drink some non-alcoholic beverage Rude. while I, just because I have to go next and I can't. Can I grab I an alcoholic beverage while we? I do. Actually, it would be really great if I could go and uh, blow yeah, my nose for deflim. like a minute. Okay, great. You didn't have to okay. talk about it. I could be drunk. <laughs> I'm not even tipsy. I gotta get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a shot. A shot of what? Of tequila. Yeah. What else? Tequiki. It's not going to be gin. Those are the only two liquors I have. I have apple pear brandy, uh, mezcal, and uh, gin. Hey, Rachel, we got mezcal. Do a shot I'd with me. Not do a shot of gin. They're all doing shots. <laughs> Why aren't we doing shots? You guys got ahead. I'm not doing shots. All right, I'm going to step away because I, okay. As the non-alcoholic on this podcast. <laughs> Can we talk about he loved her without They're limit? not back Sorry. yet. Oh. Well, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Jenny, talk to me about he loved her without limits. Fitz loved me without limits? Or is that what we're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me Confirm. context. Because that's, that's, it's, it, so it's when Night Eyes is talking to her about, like, these are your parents. <laughs> you can't hate them. They love you. I mean, he does. He just doesn't quite always see that. And he doesn't quite show it correctly. Ever. Joey, I don't even have salt. I'm supposed to do a show. You want salt for tequila? What? You want to do salt? What do you want to do with the salt? Do you want to do a body shot? What are you asking I'm guessing I'm going to have a (laughs) Diet Coke chaser. Yeah, lick my arm. There's probably salt there. Ew. Oh. (laughs) All right, sorry. Just get some... Am I waiting to do this or? Oh, I, I did mine in my kitchen. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Damn, I'm over the sink. <laughs> I it was. That's, that's how single people do everything. Oh you eat over the sink. You take a shot it's, over the that's sink. That's how parents did everything. <laughs> Wait, what's the salt for? Oh, I didn't even do any of that. I just. I yeah, know, Rachel's right? like, I need Took salt. It. I licked my arm. It was fine. I don't think you drank it. I 100% just drank it. Dickhead. Prove it. Prove it. She proved it by the aggressive tone. (laughs) (laughs) Are we shipping pear and are we shipping pear and B yet? Or are they too young? Oh, a thousand percent. They're too young, but they're soulmates. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not saying it like in sexy ways, but like they're a thousand percent soulmates. All right. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> chapter 36. Surprises. Surprise, this is really, really long. This intro to this chapter is a letter from Shade to Fitz complaining that Nettle has confiscated all of his blockbuster tapes <laughs> and is having students learn by reading the synopses on the back of the case and labeling them according to their genre for easy rental. But Shade is furious because he believes that each tape is an experience, man. And art cannot be labeled or distributed via capitalist rhetoric. To truly grok a director's vision, you have to have the right sound system, the right light levels. You should, at the very least, turn off the damn motion smoothing on your stupid TV. Then, once you've sat through the entire credit sequence, you should definitely start a podcast where you break each piece down in a slow-moving pause, scene by scene. It is the raddest way to be kind. Rewind. I'm being funny because this is the chapter where I started crying. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Fitz has locked himself in the room, cursing his friends and family for caring about him at all. We should draw off the hunters and kill as many as we can. Our newly returned ghost of Night Eyes is 100 on the advice, but Fitz recalls that he is some of Shade's bombs, so he decides to make a trap trap. But first, a little carrot seed. Yum. It will only be cool and logical decisions from here on out. Ha, no, we all know this is all about to go to shit. We chant, Berserker fits, Berserker fits to ourselves in soft voices as we read each line. Fitz sets the entire bomb wick on the fire slash warming brick thing and stares at it. The camera then pans to me, reading this incredible decision as I nod and give a thumbs up. Fitz Here's someone rattle the door handle, so he slides the brick up the wick closer to the bomb. Fantastic. What else is going on? Well, Fitz's, Fitz's leg is definitely not working so much anymore. 
oh, uh, his ears? Are they? Are his ears working? Yes. Why do you ask? Well, because the person at the door is going, is Pear. And he's going, Fitz, it's me. It's Pear. Don't kill me. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> they have literally gone nowhere. Nothing has changed except for the lit bomb. Pear is not alone. No, of course not. Spark is here. She bursts through the door, assessing the situation, picks up the warming brick, effectively slowing, but not stopping, that's important, the burn of the bomb wick, and tucks it back in Fitz's bomb backpack with the other bombs. <laughs> I'm not stupid, she says assuredly, while I repeat putting a heat-generating device in a bag full of TNT. She also hides the smoldering bomb with a chair back and orders Pear to begin dragging Fitz out of this room. Self-sacrifice fucking canceled! In the hall, they're on their way to join the rest of the group where they get caught up with approaching guards. Els balls, they have bows, said Pear. Spark merely forces them to wait, drawing the guards closer to the door where the bomb is. Wait for it, wait for it. Ah, there it goes, boom! Three stooges are deaf and blasted but crawling out of the rubble unlike many of those guards uh but more are coming fitz is hit by one of their darts and while night eyes yells that those with horns should be silenced before they alert more night eyes there was just an enormous explosion <laughs> the ceiling collapses the horns turn out to be dart blowers and fitz and spark attack then because this is a movie with a smart set budget no this is a movie with a small set budget. <laughs> B comes out the nearest door. B, she comes out the nearest door pulling a... I don't know what that... What the fuck did I write? <laughs> trick? Pulling a trick? Pulling a... Yes, I think maybe. Yeah, I don't know what I wrote. B comes out the nearest door pulling a trick. Go away, go away. <laughs> <laughs> pulling a trick? Pulling a trick. I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to think. Anyway, her suggestions are so strong and cast so wide, it works, I put weird, wide, it works even on Spark, who has to be drugged through the doorway by Pear. Then Lant is there, freaking out at the state of Spark, who is very, very dazed from the skilling. My father needed me, in tones B. Aside, there's fire, collapsing walls, guards running around, everyone is shouting. What absolute and utter chaos this chapter is, plus the running? I'm getting full running around the Death Star screaming energy from this whole crew. B and Fitz are reunited, Pear shoring up the door, Lant is obsessing over Spark, and here comes the fool, back up the steps that they had been down. Nope, down the steps, says Lant, the ceiling here is beginning to stress and crack. I do not like this, says Night Eyes. Our faves head down the stairs as the ceiling begins to collapse. The only way out seems to be down now. The fool takes over as Fitz's crutch. Sigh. Hello, parallels. They descend and join back up with Pearl Cop and the other prisoners. There is no way out. Firepot, suggests Lant. But Spark has regained herself and suggests it only as a last resort. Setting off a pump in this place could collapse it all on them rather than make a hole. Fitz and B have another little reunion moment here. She asks him if Wolffather is with him now. Fitz confirms that Night Eyes is with him and that he doesn't know exactly what Night Eyes is, but all he knows is that he's good. Then B talks about her treatment, acknowledging her scars, and Fitz awkwardly says that she was never pretty, but says Shit. that every scar is a victory. Yikes. The fool <laughs> the fool <laughs> is amused to see the links between B's scars and Fitz's scars. They're both mementos of survival. The group gets trying, 
gets to trying to dig themselves out into the block tunnel. Fitz can feel the blood exiting his leg with every heartbeat. The fool is laughing. The fight isn't over until you win, says Fitz, echoing Burrich. Fitz is strangely content here because he's with all of his favorite people. Fitz, there's a Fitz reset. Time goes by. Everyone takes turns digging. When he comes to Fitz and the Fool ruminate a little bit, the Fool thought that he would need to choose between them in the last crucial moment. Fitz reiterates that he is the catalyst, and as long as he's around, he will create opportunities. They could still get out of this. And we will live happily ever after, asks the Fool. That is my intention, confirms Fitz. Swoon. B also wakes up from a little nap that she took, having had a dream. She was sitting by a fire besides Fitz and a wolf, writing down their stories, and it's a sad dream, and likely. Fitz talks to her about being a catalyst, and she tells them that Prilkop told her that Dwalia was her catalyst, and the fool chimes in with a Prilkop is a dumb whore, and everyone <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> The family moment continues until it is totally ruined by one of the prisoner whites suddenly deciding that she's going to try to kill B. But before Fitz can step in, B stabs her to death. Metal. <laughs> Prilkop is pissed at the entire situation and tries very weirdly to get the fool on his side. And everyone is like, um, she just tried to kill a little kid. What the fuck? The digging continues while Fitz and Fool go through their hit list, realizing that Fitz hasn't actually managed to kill one important target despite his position as title assassin character, which is ironic. But we've read 16 books and it's a little too ironic. Anyways, the f they finally get a hole... <laughs> Anyways, they finally get a hole big enough for B and Pear to get through. They take a torch and go see if there's any way out. And while they're scouting, the adults widen the hole. It takes a lot of time, a lot of shifts, many pages. Everyone is worried for B and Pear's safety, but eventually B comes back, reporting that they found steps and an old door. We will work on the door while you work here, she says. During all this time, the dungeon ceiling has been burning. It is starting to fall. They manage to get everyone through this hole. Lant runs off to protect uh, them since some people in this group have proved murdery. Fitz <laughs> sends everyone through ahead of him and decides to try to put a torch together from shit in the collapsing room at this very <laughs> last second just to hurt me. He barely gets out and is heading down the stairs with the fool and B is suddenly there too. Ugh, it's just all getting too scary. I don't like all my favorites in one place. But B is saying that the prisoners have gone on ahead, probably to sound some kind of alarm that will ruin everything. And that also the tide is coming in. So in their, they're in a dark tunnel and the water is rising. And does anyone else have a really bad feeling about... Ooh, boom. Oh, right. Fitz definitely left his stupid bombs behind in the room that was on fire. Wow. <sighs> dum dum. Dum dum. I like that Spark put out the wick. Yeah. <laughs> well, she just slowed it down. So the only thing I want to talk about is the part... And forget anybody who wants to talk about anything else in this chapter. Uh, the only thing that I want to talk about is the darts that were very, like, glossed over. Okay? Oh, yeah. Those? Went, They're went in out. the hallway. And it reads, <laughs> But I'd felt a tiny impact, and I looked down to see a dart dangling from my vest. Spark shook another from her hair. It fell away as I hopped in, swordsly swinging. So, 
potentially both of them were hit with darts. I mean, one caught in your hair. I feel like she would have felt it if it like hit her head and she would have said something, but like maybe not. I don't know if they hurt or not. But he said he got thunked with one too. One of them motherfuckers is gonna get the worms, okay? Um so you missed one. <laughs> I missed one. You missed one. Was there another one? Before then, I'm finding it. That's the one I had highlighted. Why didn't I highlight another one? Either way, um, we're talking about one his... that he. There's one that definitely got fits in the neck that he swipes off, and it's before the one that hits him in the vest. Oh, I don't. It's I didn't highlight volley. that one. Yeah, but my thing is like we're talking about boom and the explosion. I mean, I guess they could just get like trapped and maybe the water rising, but the the, the like prophecy that the fool shared was that he would die like wet with blood or something like that but then we in the dark it was in the dark with water and fire water, water and fire. fire okay i thought it was blood okay so but then he gets hit by one of the worm darts either way i don't really like how this is going <laughs> <laughs> i mean all of the above um yeah. No, no. I'm I'm proud of you, Ashley, cuz I didn't see that the first time. So, no. I mean, these darts are fucking scary as shit. To me, that's like the worst-case scenario. Mhm. Yep. It'd be bad. Hashtag #spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell so you. That's the only thing that I took away from this chapter at this moment. Now we have an explosion because Dum Dum is a fucking dummy. I don't understand. He was in there for like at least an hour doing nothing. I will then, like, say though, like in the last heat of the moment, no pun intended, um, he was like <laughs> literally using a chair as said <laughs> like, he was using a chair as what do you use what do you call the things when you're broken and you have like the stilt that you, a crutch. There you go. He was using yeah, he's like pushing <laughs> he was using a chair as a crutch. Like he wasn't doing his best. He's Walker. bleeding out. He's bleeding out. He keeps telling himself, my body needs to heal. I need to, like, let my body heal. But he's like, but I can't do that right now. So I'm just bleeding out. Yeah, and he's blacking out. He's still out. alive. He he's went, just like, why? He's just, like, in and out of consciousness. Did he yeah. And why did he originally even go back into the room? It wasn't for the to backpack. It was just to make a torch. He needed it's, a torch. He's being chased torch. by fire. <laughs> And he's he, more, to make a torch because fucking, the fool's like, I can't his see. His fucking homie for see. life has been blind for how long? And he's like, but I need a torch. <laughs> I need a torch. Like, fucking figure see. it out, dude. You just run straight. <laughs> like, what are you worried about? <laughs> the kids the kids went forward. They made it. Everybody else is going. And then he's like, no, they precious, precious me. I need to have a fucking torch. <laughs> I think it is so romantic that he wanted to walk moment, with beloved in the light yes that in this moment all the shit's going down he's like there to rescue his daughter all this crap's happening but he's like oh but beloved beloved can't see <laughs> yeah that's romantic yeah well he hasn't seen he's he's not he's been not seeing for a fucking minute i'm gonna stop everything and try to fashion try a torch to make sure 
The fool is comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I just... If we we didn't we learn anything in the first book in this trilogy is no matter what's happening, the fool will become the priority in the moment. But they're not soulmates at all. No, they're no, they're, they're just not. friends. They're just really platonic besties. Just you know, best friends and roommates. I'm trying to find this other. Dart instance, and I just... Oh, let me see if I can find it. <clears throat> it was before the vest. It didn't use the word dart, because... I, I yeah, no, so if I remember right, it's just like he feels something against his neck and brushes it away. I see, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's here probably it is, well it before. Yeah. Hold on. Archers fanning out, advancing. I would not block their arrows for long. Oh, yeah. They use him as a human shield. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, they... <laughs> Spark's like, Pear, just get behind Fitz. Just let him take all of them. I wasn't mad at that, though. I, like, I agreed with that. They shouldn't have to go down. I felt something sting the back of my neck and slapped it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, there. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Okay. And then he says, where again? <laughs> or Sparks says where. <laughs> yeah, we don't like that because it the word sting. We don't like that. Mm. Great, great musician though. <laughs> oh, beautiful musician, perfect musician. Own every one of his albums. Yes. And fade as well. <sighs> Love Oh, I like I I just like that like Spark is kind of like Shade's spiritual successor. She is so subtle and so knocking it out of the park. Okay, like she's just really? you know she's giving her love a little a little cheek pat when she leaves the room. Like I don't have to be gross and PDA. Like I just I just give a little cheek touch with my hand, and then she's out there bossing like a boss bitch, and I'm here for it. She it, is a worthy successor to Shade, unlike Rosemary. I still it, am deeply concerned <laughs> that she took her shoes off when they left the cesspool. She's been shoeless the entire time. Yes. Oh, I man. have my concerns about that still. I think about it a lot. Uh, I, it, better not step it, on any dark. Yeah. I'll admit it bothers me a lot that Fitz is always like, Lant, you gotta protect her. Like, Lant is the failed assassin of shade whereas oh, no. lant yeah. is like a little prissy boy who like grew up like with all the comforts who has no idea what he's doing and like i i know i was defending him as being like you know he's got some training you know he's not useless but like spark was legitimately an assassin's apprentice for a while yeah and before that she was like living in a whorehouse like she has seen things she has done which is why like i hope she doesn't die by worms and again like it said it was caught in her hair and as somebody with a lot of hair like my hair can stop a lot like my hair could no. stop a bullet no there's sure. have so. you have you seen though there's like a there was a woman who was like her it wasn't her um hair but it was similar to this she was wearing like two layers of spanks or something i wear spanks almost shot. every day and she got shot, Ashley, what? and it stopped the bullet. So basically, between <laughs> my spanks. hair and my spanks, I am bulletproof. You are the destroyer. <laughs> oh my I god, think. America! I'm gonna save us. 
<laughs> Someone has to. God, Someone please, does. somebody. <laughs> just I, if it doesn't involve running, I can do it. How did Spank like, stop a bullet the whole time? Because she had she had a bra on and then like two layers of spanks and it was just like double so spanks is a mood that is I like just be more okay with your body okay like oh but she's survived <laughs> and it bounced yeah, off her tit it, yeah it's like that lady who at Dragon Con a few years ago where that guy threw the chair over the balcony and it landed <laughs> on the Loki cosplayer and her Loki horns like saved her life I did yeah. not know that. <laughs> That was they the, the that was the most terrifying thing to hear. Like somebody yeah. threw something off of a balcony there. That's crazy. In the Marriott, off of so like in the Marriott has like these like tiered stages, and there was I think it was like the fifth or sixth, because you know how people smoke outside yeah. by the pool. Yeah. So the people were smoking out there. I have, and I have was, smoked like, out there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if you go up like five or six levels, there's another terrace, and there was someone up there, and they took a chair, just like one of the like, and they threw it over the balcony, what and it landed on the people below them. Idiot. Yeah. And it landed on this one cosplayer, and she had her Loki horns on, and her horns saved her. So. I still would have sued the ever-living shit out of those people. Even if they didn't have a penny to their name, I still just would have made them go through the hassle. <laughs> you sued the hotel. Everybody. Every last one. I honestly, there's so much shit has happened at Dragon Con that I'm kind of like amazed that the Marriott's just like, fuck off. No. Because no they make so much <laughs> They're like, money. even if five people die every year, <laughs> like, it's worth it. Because you, you know what? Insurance? Would anybody not book their room? Well, no, you have to book it a year in advance. Exactly. I know that something's horrible. <laughs> they, they, don't lo- don't. they don't lose shit off of that. And if, if people decided to, like, ethically, I'm not, I'm canceling my legacy room, whatever it is, somebody else would jank it two seconds yeah. later. Well, Dev- no, you well, literally check in and they rebook you. So there's no way to, like, uncheck. Like, you can't be like, something terrible happened scheme. to you. But I'm saying, like, you just- then they would make double money, essentially, is what I'm saying. Like, the- people yeah. might ethically be like, no, I'm not coming. And somebody else is going to take it. One soldier falls, another yeah. takes. Alessa, Alessa, just <laughs> always look up at Dragon Con. That's my okay. project. Ah! <laughs> Alyssa's getting real excited. Wear Loki about horns. Wear horns. Just wear a huge. Oh, and set yes, of wear horns. Loki horns. Just be a. Um... Oh God. And Spanx. What's the thing that you like? No, no, HR. You like a centaur. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. If, at a this point, I'll be lucky horns. if I have anything to bring. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Centaur with many Spanx on. The whole boat <laughs> with the legs. We'll yeah, just put you in work. the pool. Ah. You can just bob there. So I, <laughs> I'm calling it now. You're not going to make it through the badge line. So we need to figure <laughs> out how to. Panic attack and I, die. Oh, you can. She can just write a You note. can get hers. Yeah, she just has to write yeah. a note. Can you do that? Yeah, a hundred percent. She just has to write oh, okay. a note, and you have to just have her fine. ID with you, it's, and they'll let you pick it yeah. up. Yeah, you'll be fine then. Here's my generalized anxiety girlfriend ID. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you. Dodge that like a bullet. Yeah. So. I like that. Um. This very dramatic scene has just happened in the prior chapter where Fitz is like, go, save yourselves. I will create a distraction to save you. And everyone's crying. And then 20 seconds later, he's locked himself in his closet. Everyone's just standing in the hallway like, did he just lock himself in the closet? And he's like, 
Please, Sparks just, like, my just let is, me die for he's you. Like, That's I'm all gonna I want to do. He's, he's like, I'm going to create a distraction so you guys can go ahead. But he didn't create a distraction for the villains. He created a, st- created a distraction <laughs> for his loved ones who now cannot proceed forward because they're worried about him. <laughs> but like Sparks just like picking the lock for like five minutes while he's in there like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. <laughs> Her and Lant have been saying every, like, chapter for the fa- past 30 chapters that we're coming with you. We're going with you. Yeah. You can't leave us behind. Lance, he like, keeps trying. Lance, like, just get him the fuck out of here. We're going to be in here. We're digging a hole. Like, just <laughs> get him. Bring him down in here. This is not. I'm, do- I'm over his dramatics, okay? We don't have time for this. <laughs> This is funny, especially because Night Eyes is like with him. He's like, yes, we will sacrifice ourselves for Cub. <laughs> <laughs> They're assholes. <laughs> the way he keeps like passing out and coming back to, I imagine that when he's actually talking, he probably sounds like a crazy person in the subway, just like <laughs> a raving lunatic. Because <laughs> he's just shooting blood out of his leg. <laughs> <laughs> Just like everything's gonna be fine. I'm gonna sacrifice myself, and, and he's like, just okay. like like can't even stand up, like <laughs> waving his sword around in the air. They're like, sure, no one can get to us, Fitz. The whole place is on fire. Five floors have collapsed on us. We're just digging this hole. Like I don't know what you think you're doing. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'll make a torch because because can't see and he's like i'll just leave my bag of tnt just over here this is this is why so remember in in the middle trilogy he also forgot about his bombs and they exploded so (laughs) he really did lose his bomb privilege like 35 years ago yeah like really spark should have been in charge of those spark should have been in charge of the bombs she would never have just, like, forgotten her bombs. <laughs> All right. My three stooges are deaf. They're crawling out of the rubble. <laughs> they ha- they're very happy that that room exploded. They go downstairs. They dig a hole. And then Pear and B run off through the tunnel. Right? They can- no one can stop them because they're the only ones that can fit through it. And they find the exit. And then, once they've made the hole wide enough... Prill cops, fucking friends. They are. It, this is like it's stupid. The Titanic is sinking, and people are just like <laughs> chaos and stealing boats. Like they're rude. They suck. They suck. Yeah. Pearl cops' blindness. They're they've to them is yeah. a, is alarming. The fact that he's so upset about them murdering somebody who tried to murder somebody. Like, it was, clear self-defense okay yeah pearl cops a fucking jackass honestly yeah i feel like everything he's he's done he's a boomer and it's it's just it's it's a hard hard understand why you killed his friend (laughs) he doesn't understand that's not his friend okay he just feels connected yeah, to him he's... To, to these whites because he's also a white and i'm like you know what just because someone's like the same just because like, somebody's white and you're white that also sentence yeah. was well, so I'm... good that was so unintentionally good <laughs> oh 
I love it. But for real, oh, like, real cop is making bad choices and siding with the wrong people. And he's. No. How can you possibly be arrested, tortured, and enslaved and imprisoned by these people and then be like, oh, but you know, we gotta, like, uphold the status quo. Fuck off with that shit. Well, but what's the one where you start to fall in love with your captors? Stockholm. I was thinking Munchausen, even though I knew that was not the right one. Yeah, so he's a little, maybe he's just like a, a little titch of Stockholm-y and a little titch of just being old and stuck in his ways and like... He's a thousand years stuck in his ways. He's super the, old. The the society that he imagines exists is, is so gone. Yeah, it's like it's beyond gone. And the fact that he's like, do you remember this person? You can't believe you murdered her. She used to t- take messages for us. Yes. And then she tried to kill my daughter. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't... we're at a negated, like, okay, she negated. did good. And now it doesn't count anymore. Bitch is negated. Kill her. Like, I understand that from, like, that person's point of view. She did a favor for someone that she believed in. And then she was arrested and imprisoned. And now she's, like, mad that all of her, like, nice things were taken from her. But her it's her fault. But, like, they were going to take you. Fault. They were going to take you with yeah, them. Yeah, like, so, all of this, she's mad at B for what went down. But that it's her fault what went down. Because she helped to clear the path for bees right do they believe in their own magic or not like i don't even get this like it's like if she's the destroyer she's destined to be the destroyer she's prophesied to be the destroyer you can't blame her for being the thing that she was born to be like you you either believe in your own bullshit or you don't you you can't you don't just believe in the the bullshit that like benefits you like well you have to acknowledge that this is all on plan she's (laughs) dead now so she has a lot of time to think about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> she got stabbed by a little kid yeah, didn't right? she get, didn't fitz also stab her or... i think it was like a collective no. pounce i thought it was collective. Oh, i thought it, yeah. i thought i thought he was stepping in to stab her and, and then, then b, b was, was just like, like oh, I, I have this. this i like that b no exhibited a lot of murder for her father like she's like no i need <laughs> you to know before we depart each other like that like i i can't murder and i will murder <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's the perfect that, yeah. that's i think it's good for him for sure know. yeah she's gonna be all right the kids are all right um all right so we've left on a cliffhanger obviously there's been a huge explosion we don't know yeah we do not know if if fitz is okay if the fool's okay or b because they're all three together when it, everything went boom so Sorry, but that is a cliffhanger. Um, let's move on to every episode prompts. Uh, we are pack character introductions and exits. We have official confirmation, although we have seen her body. Dwelly is dead. She did. And well, we saw her body a while. We saw her body when they came into the stinky dungeon because that was her in the poop pit. Yes. Yeah, that was her. In the <laughs> They're like, ew, what's that gross thing with the fucked up face? That would be, that would be dry. Yeah. Yes, because remember, then be reminded us all, I bit her face yeah. off. And then Fitz was like, I'm so proud. Yeah. Um, um, that white, that's an exit. Yes. Uh, a bunch of random guards. Vindelier. Vindelier. Thank God. What was coming. I was a little concerned, like. I don't know. They, he's like, and he slit his throat. And then he was kind of like wiggling around like a cockroach who got raided. Like, I was a little concerned that they didn't kill him good enough. But it seems... That he was going to heal yeah, himself Yeah, but it somehow. does seem that he is... I don't think he knows how to use the serpent to heal. 
Yeah, healing does not seem to be one of Vindelire's strengths. Yeah. I don't think he's done it once. Okay. So. I mean, but you know what? Hotshot pair. He's the MVP of this whole section. Yeah. He found he found B. He killed some baddies. Like he found B and recognized her enough to see. They had yeah. that bond. It didn't matter, you know, how health and very usefully immune to the skill, which is perfect. right again. Still Would you say that he's the the, tr- the true like that catalyst for this for... generation? The true catalyst for this generation, yeah, because the skill is whack. So, but I like that the magic thing has been building for you know three books now. Yeah. So it's not like it came out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's immune to magic. Right. No. No. It's been it's been there the whole time, and it finally has become very useful instead of not yes. useful. Like he can't talk to a dragon, but fuck off. It's like, just I'm it's kind of wild because you know he's like a Neville Longbottom in this regard of like where he's a very like simple, and most people would be like, oh, you don't have any magic. Oh, and he's but it made him a badass the fact that he didn't. So wait, did Neville? It's useful that? to have someone in the party who does not is not susceptible to magic. Yeah. Yeah. Without having to take drugs. Right. <laughs> uh, next up is Animal Assists. Wolffather is here. Wolffather is giving half and half good advice, bad advice, mostly just observing that things are shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... But, you know, he's with, he's with Fitz now, so he needs to really lower his standards. Yeah. He was he like, your, your child daughter was fucking killing the game, so it's time for you to level up. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, oh god, who have I bonded with? This is this is bullshit. <laughs> Remember when you were almost vaguely competent? Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that. When you weren't exploding us. Uh, and then uh, Motley has kind of, is, is just not here because Motley doesn't do underground, which I respect. Motley's smart. Yeah, Motley's yeah, for sure. <laughs> Motley's waiting for Hebe. Right, the dragons have not yet arrived. We know that that is imminent. So whether or not this whole castle falls on them, well, I mean, we a couple of dragons have arrived. They just haven't had their potions yet. So, right, you're right. They're just waiting. Uh, next up is fashions from Jamelia. I don't recall any. Specific... I think a shit smears could become in vogue. <laughs> I think that hard leather vests are very important if people are going to be shooting darts mm-hmm. at you. Like I'm, Maybe I'm thinking armor. Armor. We need to be wearing neck armor, head armor, full body armor, but chic armor. Like a Tron. Yeah. Like a very Tron looking. Yeah. yeah. So like a hard leather. But you need mobility. It's a tricky balance. Yeah, because you have to go for all the joints. That's where all the soft spots are, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, roll the maps. Where are we? How did we get here? We're goddamn on goddamn castle or whatever you call it. We're in the it. fucking basement. We're in the basement. We're in the sub level. Jeez. Smelling doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that, like, you had to go through a really nice living room in order to get to the torture chamber. And then through the torture chamber is the duty room. I liked when they were like, okay, we're going to go in the room where the guards came from. And it's like somebody's snack. They're like, their Nutrigrain bar was just like half eaten. <laughs> sitting there and they're like oh look somebody's new to green bar i would have i would have scarfed it i would have eaten one <laughs> do they not believe in hallways why do you have to go through rooms to get to other it's rooms? train car style me. that's it's yeah, charleston it's, homes it's, have a lot of that they're railroads yeah. yeah they're railroads um 
Okay, Fitz Misery has a moment. The return of Dis does Fitz suck. He does right. and he Fitz doesn't. Fitz is on drugs. Fitz is blowing <laughs> shit up. Fitz mm. is bleeding out. <laughs> Fitz may or may not have been infected with horrible Worms. tapewormy. <laughs> oh my god. So tangent. I Rachel and I are vlog brother since the beginning listeners and while hank green has become a monster he used to be pretty cool but he does have some good knowledge here and there and today i watched a tiktok from hank green and he was talking about a medical science case he just needs to get off TikTok. i know he it's does it's, it is and he's getting a little <laughs> bloated um both you know philosophically <laughs> and physically so wait what but you know john green's voting republican so they just they both have their no he isn't for trump Oh, yes, Prove it. oh, he is 100% voting Republican. John? Nah, not Trump. He didn't vote. In all of his local elections, he is voting Republican because he is very, very Christian. Is he? He's one of yours, Eli. He lives in Indianapolis. He, yeah. Oh, God. Well, well I'm going to have to. on Indiana. More I'm than that. to cancel out his vote. Yeah. That's why that. I'm here. Well, I do. I love, I love John. You know, <laughs> I don't hate all Republicans, just most of them. But so. <laughs> Hank, back to my story. Hank Green was telling a story yeah. how there was an individual who had, um, H- he was HIV positive. He was really, really ill. He went in to see his doctors and they actually diagnosed him with cancer. And they were kind of trying to figure out the correlation of like his HIV status to his cancer. But the cancer was like all over his body. And he was young, like 30 something. And they couldn't even really figure out where it started. The guy died within like five days of going to his doctor because he wasn't feeling well. Aww. However, when they started, he's like, use my body for science. So he donated his body for science and they started to study it and try to figure out like where the kids started from. And then they were doing, they did like a genome test for the cancer cells themselves and they were not human cells. And it turns out this man had a tapeworm. And the tapeworm started producing its own cancer cells because other animals have cancer. And the tapeworm cancer ran rampant in his body. And it was able to run rampant because his immune system was so compromised and because he was an HIV positive individual. But he died of tapeworm cancer. Totally. Wow. Oh God! Thank you for that. So that is also a threat for Fitz, and he should look out for that. <clears throat> That's fucked yeah. up. Shit, That's really sad. And it's the actually. first. And you, it's the first. Why did Hank Green feel the need to tell us that? He was talking. He was just telling like crazy medical stories, but like because that's such. There's no other documented human who has died of a cancer that was not a human, not a species-specific cancer. Specific cancer. This was a human who died of another well, species thanks. of cancer. Just an aside to just bring us back up a little bit. Sorry. I'm because so sorry. I work with a lot of I work with a lot of researchers who research HIV and AIDS. Because of COVID, we are going to cure AIDS. So you we can thank COVID for that because because of those vaccines, they're going to be able to create a vaccine for AIDS. So it's awesome. This year we're teaming up with COVID nineteen. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you AIDS. to our sponsor. Yeah. The COVID-19. villain becomes the hero. <laughs> I mean, Thank you to our- honestly, the strides that have been made in HIV treatment—the fact that you can take your meds and 
not yeah, prep. be yeah you can take prep you are not hiv positive you can't give it to other people not like even yeah it's not detectable yeah. it's incredible yeah but wouldn't it be great if you know within the next five to ten years where people are as part of their like vaccines they just get a vaccine so they can't get hiv AIDS. Yeah. like fucking baller that's it and everybody should take it every single human on the planet because there's all sorts of way to get it and also, they did a really, there was a study that just came out a couple of days ago about uh, T-cell treatments for cancer and how 18 people were in this study and all 18 people were cured of their cancer. And so it's like, they- They're going to figure shit they out. They were, every, every single person, doctor, study patient, like everybody was fucking shocked. And so now they feel like they're able to make really great strides with the cancer treatment, so- yep anywho but anyway don't get infected with worms don't it's yeah don't eat dirt that's not good <laughs> <laughs> don't eat dirt uh lastly <laughs> buzzwords how's b doing the prophecy scorecard i mean b has is the destroyer we're after we're in a post-destroyer world now who knows what's gonna happen I want to go right back to Fitz misery did he suck though because nobody really said if he sucked or not we got kind of on a tangent um, I was not really into the, I mean, I was like deeply into the theatrics, but like, <laughs> I loved Berserker mode and him picking up that little like baby sized axe and going in. Yeah. I thought that was I fucking think... just peak Fitz amazingness. I th- I think he burned really hot and really fast, and then he burned out. I think he and got like then, I think that yeah. night eyes hit, and he was like, "Let's go, bitches! And I got night eyes." Right, oh, and he was feeling himself, and then he hit a slump. Like the the juice wore <laughs> off, and he's like, "Oh God, I'm gonna be a Debbie Downer and go hole up into my closet." Okay, but in his defense, it wasn't just like the juice wore off. Like he had a hole in his leg, and all this blood was falling out of his body. That's, so he's used to that, though. That shouldn't be anything crazy. Depressing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Depressing. All right. He's a all little right. worse for wear. Uh, so B is doing great. B is the destroyer. B is cool with how she looks. B is cool with all the fires she set, and she's really confident that they're gonna find a way out. And they found a door. So doors on doors on doors on doors. Doors on doors on doors. So as long as this place has not fallen on her in the interim, which these going to be okay. I feel like they should be fine. Like I know the bomb has just happened at the end of that chapter, but like that bomb went off at like the very, like the very front of the tunnel. So I feel like anybody who's further down, it shouldn't be like a, you know, like that scene from the last Jaw movies, which was they're all in that glass underwater kind of setting and the shark bangs the glass and it explodes and everybody drowns. Like, I don't think that's going to happen in the tunnel because it's at like the very front side of it. <laughs> the silence. I'm, <laughs> the utter silence. I'm trying to... I'm trying to... <laughs> so you know how like... This is more like in Twister when they're stuck in the mechanics. I can't believe that you can't just you can't just, you can't just go with my fucking Jaws three example what? and you have to take it back to Twister. Like fuck right you off. You guys, you guys are just moving from Universal theme park rides. <laughs> and like, the last yeah, one. Well, this ride didn't work. Let's go to the next one. Demolish it. Move on. Oh man. 
Well, I was just trying to think about how like it's 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 they're in they're in like a tunnel, right? It's not they're not underwater yet. They're in But they are slowly... underwater. Or potentially depending on the tides. Well, they're it's like a it's like a yeah, like they're at like below sea level, but they're not like underwater. They're not like in a tank. They're in a a naturally formed tunnel. Naturally formed? I don't know about that. <laughs> A lava tube. The They're in a lava tube. Brick and mortar tunnel. Nature didn't make that. <laughs> anyway. Rick and Morty tunnel. Move, movie podcast. <laughs> Don't Rachel and I try. Just can't. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> anyway, did anyone see that batteries not included reference in Obi Wan Kenobi, or was it just? I haven't no, watched on. it yet. I keep getting to it, but that I know... show is so good. I am so well. Okay, there's only like two episode episodes. Three. Okay, episode three. three. No, episode there's three is there's three, and I haven't watched the third one yet. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'll shut up. Well, Look. um, was Master a small thing. alien made into a tiny cheeseburger? Uh, no, but a, a small robot uh, appeared to look like a tiny cheeseburger. <laughs> okay, well, then it is a battery. With the legs? It is a batteries not included reference. Official. official. My seal of approval. Little guy. <laughs> uh, all right, that's every episode prompts. Anything else God. that we need to cover before we move on? No. To our nothingness, where we just talked about how what we're reading next. Our so reminder: next reading section <laughs> is going to be Assassin's Fate. Man, you should have done that tequila. That's a good segue. You just went straight <laughs> you into didn't it. Do it. Chapter... I did. If you gonna... can't tell, oh. nobody, everybody can tell. <laughs> okay. I am completely sober. Good for you. Jenny, I feel you... sober, Jenny. <laughs> I'm going to deeply regret this when I log in for work at 8 a.m. So, uh, for sure, especially because I've COVID. Brag. Reminder for next reading section: Assassin's Fate chapters 37 through 40. This has been Buckkeep Radio. You can email us for a few more episodes at least at buckkeepradio at gmail.com. Let us know if we can read your email on air, and I will. I'm Rachel, and you can find me on the internet at Darth Rachel if I'm not if I haven't watched a murder mystery and gotten scared and locked all my accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Melissa, and I'm online at alyssamainer.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faceless Bray on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay. I'm Ashley, and you can find me on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. But I would like to clarify something that Rachel said, where she said that you could only email us for like a little bit more longer, and that's not true. You can email us forever because I'm going to make sure that there's a forward set up on that email address. And so anytime in the future that you feel compelled to listen to us, it could be 2056. If you email Buckkeep Radio, we will read your email. I will be. old will I be? I'll be old. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like Fitz old. I don't know. <laughs> Fitz old. You'll be 36. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. <laughs> and back to the start. Let's go. Where do we begin? I mean, I said 56. That's 34 years plus 37 years. We'll still be alive. Hopefully. Have you seen our family? 
Yeah, but science. I just talked about how oh, yeah, we're going to be able to be cancer. No, the society okay. will crumble first. Sorry. 37. <laughs> There's not going to be any water left, Ashley. You know, like it's... We'll be Fury Road. That's 71. <laughs> we're going to make it to 71. My goodness. All I right. don't think so. <laughs> Joey, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is this is what the aliens will find, you know, when they come to Earth and they excavate. They're going to find some of my EVA foam armor. and <laughs> No, they trash. are, because that shit does and not break down. And a trash pit somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> because I coated it in Plasti Dip, so it's definitely not going anywhere. <laughs> You're going to be like, what the hell did these guys wear? Yeah, like, what, the what, who were these did, fucking people? Did oh they think God. that they were protecting themselves with, <laughs> by wearing oh. foam? <laughs> they wore weird plastic armor. It's I mean, not, they looked cool. But... It's not lost on me that I'm killing Earth with my hobby, but I really have gotten better about my waste, so it's really just to make myself feel better. You guys can all judge me. Oh, yeah, no. Cosplay is bad for the environment, but, like, is it as bad for the environment as, like, Amazon? No. A private so. jet? I think not. But I also, <laughs> I, I do use Amazon, don't have a PJ, so... I don't PJ. know. What's a PJ? A private, private jet. Private jet. Oh, a private jet. Oh my <laughs> god, Lala. Have you, you even seen Lala? She talks about BJs for PJs. What? Okay, we gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about jet prostitution. All right, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.